Okay, good evening, my Debbie Dose people. How is everyone? Happy Saturday. Everyone's looking forward to watching some playoff football real soon. Uh, I've been away. We had uh, some family stuff, and I had a vacation, so step away from recording for a few weeks. But we're back, man, and uh, I'm going to continue plowing through rookie profiles over the next week. I'm going to try to get all the running backs done this week uh, as much as I can. I'm going to try to go seven or eight deep. Uh, you know, there's some other guys I could potentially care about in this class, but um, I'm going to focus on the ones that I think are most likely to get day two capital or uh, to be relevant despite not getting day two capital. Uh, maybe hit some of the deeper cuts as we get closer to the draft if I have time. But today we're going to do uh one a, a guy that i don't know if he's a my guy for this but it seems like i might be a little bit higher than consensus on him you know i'm still a little bit back and forth in all my rankings i was chatting with uh dave the writing back guru on twitter earlier today and i think we're both on the same page that there is uh you know one flawless prospect in this class and it's b john who i'm not going to bother to do a profile right away because he's so obviously the rb1 to me there's not a lot to be gleaned there uh and then there's a bunch of guys with upside and real fantasy football potential real nfl uh, stud potential but that will have you know one or more significant flaws in their profile uh, so i think we're gonna you know it's gonna be interesting in this draft cycle to see what the nfl scouts and gms focus on um, you know, see what what aspects of the profile they're looking for, um, you know, which ones they're not. And certainly so far from what we're seeing from Box and Draft Knicks, uh, there's definitely a divergence from the Dynasty and Debbie fantasy football rankings to uh, actual NFL draft rankings. Although we know that we're going to take it all with a grain of salt until it actually happens. So anyways, Sean Tucker, running back, Syracuse. Uh, man, uh, probably one of the one of the guys you'll see more divided opinions on in this class, and uh, you know there's reasons for that for sure. Five ten, two oh five, so a little on the lighter side of workhorse, though. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys will probably weigh in a little bit heavier at the combine, and insert some of them will certainly disappoint on the scales as well. We're already seeing that this week with Mo Ibrahim being two inches and 20 pounds lighter than he was listed at in Minnesota. So, you know, uh, I'm sure most of you guys have been around for a few cycles. This happens every single year. Some of these numbers shock us and have a drastic effect on our rankings and our expectations for these players. But right now, this is, you know, it seems like Tucker's probably about this, but what he looks like on film. It's 5'10", 205. An okay size, you're talking about Aaron Jones, right, at that weight. Talking about Travis Etienne, right? Uh, honestly, neither one of those is a terrible comp for, for what I've seen from Tucker. Uh, as a ceiling comp, as a high-end comp, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to play at that level in the NFL. I think it's a little bit early for anyone to make a sweeping proclamation like that about any of these guys. Uh, so career production, uh, career production for Tucker is phenomenal. Uh, I mean, he was the engine of that Syracuse offense, and, and this shows up in his stats. Uh, 
590 carries, 3,192 yards, 27 rushing touchdowns. Those are really good numbers, man. Um, I'm trying to find my average NFL stud. Uh, and again, I'm not a rocket scientist here, but um, you know, comparing uh, prospects to an average kind of composite of top 12 players at the position in the NFL, not current, but historical. My data set's about uh, 12 years deep. Um, so some things might've changed over the past decade, but you know, we like to have a bigger data set rather than smaller. And um, that's 3,200 uh, career rushing yards is right on the nose um, for that you know, average composite. Uh, 27 touchdowns is really close. Um, you know, my composite player had 32 career rushing touchdowns. Um, and then one of my favorite aspects of Tucker's profile is his relatively prolific receiving. Um, you know, 63 career receptions isn't wild, but it's it's more than many of the backs in this class. And uh, that compares to our, you know, composite profile, uh, you know, fairly well. Uh, you know, not quite the volume of receptions we'd like to see. Um uh, the receiving yards career number. Um, sorry, my dad is a little skewed. It's actually pretty close. So, you know, it means while he's had not a wild number of receptions, he, he's been pretty efficient with them. And that kind of bears through to the rest of his profile as well. And then, you know, four receiving touchdowns is, is also a good number for this class. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking at some some aspects in my, my spreadsheet here that seem to be a little bit off. I'll have to deal with that later. Um, great. So uh, efficiency numbers. Uh, you know, efficiency isn't everything. Got to take with a grain of salt. A lot of times, volume is more predictive for the running back position in general, which is one reason why I like Tucker. He carried the load. Um, but his efficiencies, you know, it, it's not wild, but they're decent numbers. Uh, 5.71 yards per touch. The uh, top 12 figure I was using is uh, 6.5. So slightly under, uh, but you know, nothing terrible. Uh, 2.08 yards per carry over team. Uh, that's an interesting metric. I always say all these metrics are, you know, for efficiency particularly, are interesting data points. Uh, if you're single data point scouting, uh, you might want to reconsider that none of these are panacea uh if they were then gosh we wouldn't have to do any of this right we would just be looking at an ordered list of uh players by the magic stat uh but um you know white yard per carry over team certainly is an interesting thing to look at i think that you can filter some high risk players uh with this metric uh, if it's very low uh tucker's is not tucker's is a phenomenal number um, you, you know, average top 12 figure was 1.77. So Tucker is substantially above that. And, you know, we can look at it and say, well, how good were the players on his team? I think that's one thing you always have to do with this specific data point. Um, and, you know, I think he was clearly the best runner on his team for the vast majority of his career. I know uh, my friend Noah Brown, uh, Noah Moore Parties, uh, has thrown some stats up from this past season 2022 the cast tucker in 
significantly less favorable light, uh, which might have to do with having better players on his team. There was a scheme change this year, which I think is significant for him. That's something we'll talk about more when we talk about film with Tucker. Uh, I mean, from what I can see, he's significantly better as a zone runner than a gap runner, and that kind of bears through in the data as well. And they made him run a lot of gap this year. So we are thinking that that might have a, you know, an effect on his poorer 22 efficiency numbers because they were significantly down from his career averages. Uh, 2.39 yards created. You know, that's the amount in this data set uh, um, of yardage that the, the back gained in addition to what his line blocked him. Uh, that's a decent number. It's not crazy. My composite number is 2.94. Uh, so you know we're in the ballpark. We're not, we're not world beating. Um, 0.003 rushing yards over expected. If you want to know more about uh, over expected stats, we can have a discourse on that later. Shoot me a DM. Uh, generally, they're useful to compare guys, and uh, you know this is not one of his stronger figures. Basically, he's he's getting what's expected here, and. You know, again, we're not going to single data point scout here. There are successful guys in the NFL with poorer numbers than this. David Montgomery, a lower number than this. He was negative. Uh, Cam Akers, well, we're not as high on him as, you know, most people aren't as high on him as they were as he was coming in. Certainly was successful through the end of the season. He had a negative figure on this. Um, you know, and there's some guys that haven't been stellar in the NFL with great numbers on this, uh, Daryl Henderson, you know, 1.15, uh, but it's certainly an interesting data point, you know, so this is what he got over the expected, uh, rushing yards for each situation down distance. So, you know, not a bad data point, but certainly not a, a great one either. Uh, 2.01 adjusted yards per team pass attempt. Or just yards per team play. Sorry, uh, this is actually a really good figure. Um, my composite was 1.56. So, you know, this is describing the volume of his production in relation to the number of plays that the team called. <coughs> Again, it's a market share metric as much as it is a production metric or an efficiency metric kind of ties those things together. Uh, but man, that's a, that's a great number for Tucker. You know, he was the engine of this offense. He carried the load and he did so successfully throughout his career. Uh, 0.16 EPA per play. Uh, again, that's a little bit lower. It's about half of what my composite top 12 figure came out to. 0.30 uh, was the composite number. So it's neither terrible nor great. Um, there's certainly plenty of guys uh, that are successful with those kind of numbers. Again, it's David Montgomery, it's Cam Akers, um, you know, but there's also plenty of guys that weren't successful in that range too. But I mean, Miles Sanders is 0.136. So, you know, you'd like to see this data point be a higher number, but it's not a death sentence either. Um, you know, we kind of see that a lot of these, right? So some of the, the market share stuff, Tucker really, uh, is on the higher end uh, of the scale, uh, you know, but 
some of these other the, the rushing yards over expected the epa per play he's he's not killing it but he's not dead in the water either it's still within a range i'd you know that aren't making him off my draft board uh his, his production market share numbers are phenomenal 35 percent dominator is is a quite good figure uh, how does that compare that's over the uh over the average um you know from a composite significantly and uh 50 rushing yards market share that is again that's an awesome number um that's a best season number which it looks like i used averages for tuckers so um rushing yards market share average average yeah i know that is the best number and that's that's over the uh best best season uh rushing yards market share number from from a composite player substantially and then you know, this 14 percent market share uh of receptions figure i mean this is one of the things that gets me excited about tucker right uh, it's substantially over the average for my you know my average stud here that i'm using um you know, 14% as opposed to about 9%. Let me make sure I'm quoting that correctly. 14% to, yeah, to about 9, 9.8. So that's uh, nice data point, you know. Um, the elusive stats, which I do like, I include some of these in my model. Um, 66 missed forest tackles. It's a good number. That's over the average. Um, and that's, you know, that's a volume stat to some degree, but, you know, you have to be breaking the tackles as well. Uh, maybe I should start throwing in misforced tackles per attempt in here. It'd be pretty easy to do. Um, 4.11 yak per attempt. That's a pretty average number. It's like right there with my average stud. My average stud was 4.17. Uh, great number, you know. And then 1.22 uh, for Tucker's best or his max, you know, uh, yards per route run. Interestingly, that's a little bit lower than the stud, the stud uh, yards per route run, but. Some of these things don't necessarily translate to the NFL. So again, we can't look at this and say, oh, that's what he's going to do at the next level. Um, you know, but it does say something about his efficiency with the routes he ran, right? Did he not get the ball that often when he ran a route? Was he not that efficient with the reception? Well, I think that we can see he was because his perceiving yards were very high relative to the number of receptions he had. Um, you know, sometimes these can be scheme things, but overall, you know, Tucker's got he's got a nice data profile. So, uh, one of the data sets I look at in this prospecting, and you know, one of the things that I do my model based off of, uh, you know, is a data set for guys from uh, 2019 to 2023, right? So I get his peers, uh, you know, that he played with some levels and you know my model has him as the 21st best prospect in that three-year time period and I mean there's some huge whiffs in my model 
But for the most part, there are guys that got drafted, uh, and, and mostly, you know, the guys that are higher than him on that list have been very successful. You know, the bad ones are like, you know, Kennedy Brooks, who was dead in the water with draft capital, but was super productive in Oklahoma, very efficient. Spiller, kind of dead for me after the draft capital. Trey Sermon and Zach Moss are the guys on that list above him that got draft capital and whiffed. Um, you know, Daryl Henderson's there. He's a little bit questionable. Questionable, For the most part, you know, everyone else on that list above him has done done well in the league. Uh, so, you know, that gives me some hope for Tucker. And this is, you know, the models back-tested. It's uh, data-based, doing linear regressions, doing p-tests to identify what to include. Uh, there's a lot to like about Tucker's profile. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll sum up more about my thoughts with him uh, after we do the film, which I'm going to take a break, uh, get the film loaded up, and then we will kick that off immediately after this.